0: You are listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Chuck Williams, and joining me back in Nebraska again is Brendan Williams. Brendan, welcome back.
1: I'm back. I've been cleaning up tree branches and roof shingles out of my yard for the past week, but (laughs) I'm back and ready to go.
0: Yeah, man. Well, you know, that's what happens. Mother Nature misses you and decides <laughs> to start messing with your stuff.
2: That's like a cat, you know, like, yeah. you know, you, you go away for a little bit and it just gets antsy and starts to mess up your uh, toilet paper. and Shreds
0: all your furniture. <laughs> so, <laughs> And as per usual, joining us in Arlington, Texas is the great Matthew Hodges. Matt, how's it going, man?
2: Hey guys, it, yeah, it's it's great to be here. I just wanna say that I'm gonna dedicate my portion of the Patreon this week to the Johnny <laughs> Depp Rehabilitation Fund. Um, oh man. Because here's the thing, because like Kathy Griffin, Johnny Depp is not only a paragon of a human being, but also absolutely speaks for liberals and the left. And I think that this smear campaign against him has been awful. So I'm starting a foundation. To help you know rehabilitate his image, and I just man. wanted to plug that here.
1: He really okay. needs the money too. Okay,
0: yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, joining us, a repeat guest
3: again, is Peter Coffin. Peter, how you doing? I'm great. I uh, I actually just started a foundation to rehabilitate the image of Charles Manson. Oh man, <laughs> Son. Oh, man, that would be a great slogan. Oh, man. So- <laughs> 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 that, it's funny you should say that. I was here specifically to solicit new slogans. Okay, well, you know, we'll have to work on that.
0: <laughs> Hit me up on Twitter.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, guys, I guess we've got a lot to talk about here this week, including some of the health care issues from the Senate, right, Matt?
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, the CBO score just came out about the health care bill. And it's not like you're going to hear a whole lot here that you haven't already picked up on Twitter, but we do have some commentary on that.
0: Well, that isn't the only thing that's been happening. There was recently a good Washington Post article that I'd kind of like to get into here that goes into the uh, Obama secret struggle to punish Russia for Putin's election assault. So... Some great great information in there. Some of it's not too surprising, and some of it's just a little bit more of that same old song. Well, know?
2: now, hold on a second, because I, I saw on Twitter, our president said, the Russian story is fake, but how come Obama didn't do anything about all this metal? Anything meddling? about so, that fake right. story, right. Yeah, what am I supposed to believe here?
1: It's my yeah. favorite Trump position, which is Obama is so incompetent, he got Trump elected, so... Clearly, he's terrible. He it,
0: colluded to get Trump elected. Yeah, Mike coming Bush's from bullshit. Donald Trump, <laughs> it,
1: it's the best argument.
0: So, yeah, hopefully, we'll get a chance to uh, touch on that and a few more things. So, without further ado, let's get to cracking. The Senate health care bill gives the wealthiest Americans a quarter million dollar tax cut. The bill reduces tax revenue by $700 billion over the next 10 years. And most of the benefit. Goes to the top 1% of households. The savings are even higher for the top 0.1%. It's why Republicans have been criticized for shifting money from the poor to the rich.
1: This, this to us, is something that we're not going to give up on because we're not going to give up on destroying the health care system for the American people.
0: It's an unbelievably complex subject. Nobody knew
3: that health care could be so complicated.
1: If you've been following the healthcare saga, they were like, we're throwing the House bill away and we're starting from scratch. Yeah. You know, this is, we're going to build it from the bottom up to make it way better. And they literally did absolutely not that at all. It's right. almost identical.
2: Didn't even include until today the really awful draconian uh, penalty for people who have their insurance laps uh, that was part of the uh, House healthcare bill that- actually was kind of a stab at making sure that health insurance in this country is ever-solvent. Yeah, The individual mandate of Obamacare was not super popular, but it was the only way to make sure that people who had pre-existing conditions were covered because otherwise people could just jump on insurance. When they, right when they, I don't know, developed it. cancer or got right. in a car accident or something like that. So, the Obamacare said everyone's got to have health insurance all the time or you pay a tax penalty. The House bill said you don't have to have insurance, but when you jump on insurance after your car accident, they can charge you like 3,000% of what everyone else is paying. And the Senate bill was like, we're not going to drop pre existing conditions ah, but we're not going to have any kind of mandate either. So then the insurance companies freak out. And, well, this is (laughs) is completely unsustainable. And so now, thank God, they've added in this terrible, inhumane penalty.
1: Yeah, which what it is is if you don't have insurance for, like, 60 days, so if I got fired tomorrow and then was like, oh, I, I don't have any money, I can't afford health insurance, and then... I needed to go get health insurance after that 60 days. They just say, no, you don't get health insurance at all for six months.
3: Right. Which is crazy. The thing about the house one, too, is that you could get insurance right away, but you'd pay a a, a surcharge on it for a year. But you'd be covered. Like, you'd have it, at least. It's not something... Like, you could literally be off insurance for four months Mm -hmm. and then... Uh, get insurance, and that would have compensated for the extra thirty percent surcharge for a year. Mm-hmm. But still, you'd have it in in the in the Senate one. They literally like, well, yeah, you don't get it for six months. <laughs> yeah. like
2: that's bizarre. And when you do
1: get it after the six months, you still do have to pay extra, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a surcharge on <laughs> yeah. that. So not only yeah, <laughs> could you just not get it for six months? Yeah, you are just supposed to be like, well, I'll just wait it out or whatever. Like if you Walk have diabetes or you know something, because we all know. That a system is so much cheaper when you could go get something treated, but you decide to just wait Until for six months. Serious, I mean, yeah. that's, that's how your health improves yeah. yep. and gets cheaper, by just waiting <laughs> it out. It, right. It's a completely nonsensical, like, non-incentive. Because if you're going to be penalized by having to wait anyway... You might as well just say screw it like it, yeah it, there's literally no incentive because you can just say well I'm not gonna get it anyway like if you don't if you for any reason can't maintain coverage for 60 days you might as well just wait as long as you can cuz you're gonna be penalized anyway
2: well the thing is though I mean the thing that we all have to remember though as uh, senator John Cornyn from Texas tweeted today Twenty-eight million uninsured under Obamacare, you guys. That's a big <laughs> number. Twenty eight million people uninsured under Obamacare. Now, yeah, he's also one of the people who's promoting a health insurance plan that would uninsure many more people.
3: See, there's a big right. problem with what you're proposing here, and that's that we do math.
2: <laughs> mm, it's challenging. Right. I mean all of us got liberal arts degrees, so <laughs> start
3: calling you math
0: hodges. I mean we do that
1: fuzzy math. <laughs> I have to respect Cornyn for going out there with some actual facts because true. so many yeah. other conservative Republicans <laughs> have decided to just completely throw facts out the window and say like, oh yeah, what this bill cuts eight hundred billion dollars from Medicaid? Like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't cut any money from Medicaid, and mm. it covers everybody, and it's going to be cheaper. Yep. Like, Yay! None and of more that's freedom. True.
3: Monorail. Monorail.
2: <laughs> <Right>. Monorail.
1: <laughs>
0: Infused with freedom.
1: Just the blatant lies are so outrageous. And then you've at the same time got people saying things like, this insurance plan will literally cause hospitals and nursing homes to close and throw sick people out on the streets in the gutter to die.
2: Right. And particularly in rural and low income areas, which are bastions of Trump support.
1: Right. Exactly. Rural hospitals are going to be some of the hardest impacted by these cuts because they take a lot of Medicare patients. Because in the rural areas, they have a lot of people with low, you know, incomes, <laughs> and apparently, that is. Too snowflakey, you right? Know, for the Republicans yeah. to handle, right? You can't say this is going to kill people. Like, let's come on, let's keep <laughs> right. the discourse reasonable. Yeah,
0: you know? let's cut the uh, hyperbole here, guys. For real, <laughs> you know.
2: And there were so many takes about that on Twitter. Uh, this this one in particular, and I don't remember the guy's name offhand, but he said, you know, there are plenty of arguments to be made against Trump Care it's going to kill a bunch of people isn't a rational argument. You know, I'm open to other ones. The thing is, this bill is going to be so bad that the ramifications of the bill are a thing that we can't introduce into civil discourse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I didn't know that that was a legitimate line of, of argumentation. I mean, if liberals had known this whole pro-life versus pro-choice thing would have been over long ago because <laughs> right. next time they just start screaming like Hillary Clinton's a baby strangler or whatever, you just be like, whoa, hey, guys, like let's keep it on the civil level here. You right. know? What? Let's not let these uh, debates get too extreme. Let's keep it within the, <laughs> the, the boundaries of civil discourse. Hey, look, um, no,
2: and, and I'm glad that Trump is appointed as his new minister of civil discourse, the Honorable uh, Mr. Theodore Nugent, who <laughs> is, for one thing, that guy has never gone into you know frightening and violent hyperbole, and secondly, I think that his call for civility now, when it's his side under attack, so brave, um, actually you know shows a lot of character. He's the he's the hero that we don't deserve, and neither well, did the Vietnam War. Really, really is, is. <laughs> right.
0: Well, and Mitch McConnell won't even face his heroes. I mean, that dude had childhood polio and was cured by it and the group that cured him wanted to meet with him about this
3: uh about this bill and he wouldn't even meet with them (laughs)
1: that's (laughs) that's the march of dimes yeah um so
3: yeah the march of dimes the founded in in literally in during the great depression by fdr (laughs) the march of dimes like
1: and it's like if you can think of a group that should be like a bipartisan you know like they're not a politically polarized group or whatever yeah who knew
0: helping kids and polio would be so political you know
1: well it's the same thing because you got paul ryan who when his father died when he was younger received like social security and medicare survivors benefits that put him through college um but of course that has no impact on his desire to let that system help other people you know
0: Well right Well, because they didn't deserve it the way that he did. I mean, everyone thinks they're more deserving of these. (laughs) Yeah, he had a real situation. Same with Mitch McConnell.
1: Unlike all those other cancer patients out there, I mean, they just really need to step up the personal responsibility as. Uh, Vice President Mike Pence said in a room full of millionaire donors right. <laughs> uh, that we need to build a system, a healthcare system based on personal responsibility.
2: It was surprising to me for somebody who's so in favor of personal responsibility that he didn't respond to any concerned parents of kids who had cystic fibrosis or early onset cancer or any of the older people who had. Parents who had dementia needed twenty-four-seven care. I don't know. I was surprised mm. because he's such a a man of integrity most of the time, and he didn't respond to a single one of these concerns <laughs> from his ostensible uh, constituents. It's
3: it's amazing. I agree. Truly, an abnormal event. Total aberration. <laughs> right.
1: The whole personal responsibility argument oh. is just so absolutely ridiculous when. Like, I don't know what they think diseases are. I mean, I guess in Mike Pence's case, he literally thinks that if you get any disease or condition at all, that's like a sign from God or something. That so, you made bad choices. Right, somewhere that you're along a sin life. you're living a sinful life <laughs> and if you right. just
2: Yeah, it's that same uh, prosperity doctrine, Dominionist bullshit that we see, you know, from Betsy DeVos and some mm. of the other people in this cabinet.
0: Well, didn't you share that Kellyanne Conway's response when someone had said you know a bunch of people are going to be kicked off medicaid and she said, well, now they can work yeah. and get those benefits. Well, they should again. just get jobs and cake, <laughs> lots of cake. Yeah. Because, man, I, I'm usually I'm at the height of productivity when I'm rehabbing fucking cancer or oh, an yeah. injury or
3: something. I'm at know. the height
2: of productivity when I'm 11 years old <laughs> and dealing with a congenital illness. I've
3: heard that chemotherapy actually functions as speed. Mm. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's so, it's, it's so performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah, it's like, it's like taking a five-hour energy... Yeah, that's actually what showed up on Lance Armstrong's reports. I think that's
2: actually what's in the Republican health care bill is just, you know, everybody gets some five hour energy <laughs> and a bunch of billionaires get a massive tax hey, cut. And,
3: and also, no raising the minimum wage. What we do is we give them the five hour energy. We don't raise their wages. If they're sick, they work anyway because it's their it's their right to work. And they can be personally responsible about their choices. And if they're not, God will give them cancer.
2: Yeah, that's right. You've got to make the right choice about when in the day to drink that five-hour energy when you're going from your one full-time job to the next full-time job because you want to be able to power through it. Yeah, you need that burst,
3: that real burst that lasts five hours specifically.
1: One of the more insidious parts of the new Senate bill is that It does a a pretty decent job at masking some of the, to quote Trump, the meaner aspects of the bill because it pushes a lot of those negative impacts onto the states. Mm -hmm. So one of the things in it is that in Obamacare, they had this system where – and Obama kind of said this when he was going out around selling the bill saying, look, if a state has an idea that can save money – and cover the same amount of people, then we can do that, right? You, they can apply for a waiver and say we, would, we have another system that we'd like to try and we think based on this information it might be a mm-hmm. more effective option that can cover more people or can save costs. And they would have to submit it and get it approved and then they could get these waivers. Mm-hmm. Well, the Senate bill has slightly tweaked that language to basically say... If a state applies for a waiver, they just get it, right? Obamacare had this whole system where they'd have to apply, they'd have to supply information, and they'd have to get it approved through the Department of Health and Human Services.
3: Yeah, it had very specific requirements uh, regarding um, basic minimum standards of care, uh, certain services provided. And the main, there is there is a requirement on the new version of it, but it's literally that it just doesn't add anything to the federal budget. That's it.
1: <laughs> right. The Obamacare had what are called essential health benefits, which were mandated that you had to cover these things. And that's where the, a lot of the controversy came to because some of the things that it included were maternity care, contraceptive care, preventative care, you know, chemotherapy, those kind of things. It's like in order to qualify as health insurance – your yeah. coverage has to include all these requirements. Your coverage has to things.
3: actually be health insurance. Yeah, exactly. Right. You actually have to be some <laughs> kind of a provider of services. It's not healing crystals yeah. and stuff. Right. Like that.
1: So now with this with the Senate bill, they can get mm-hmm. out there and say, Well, we're still keeping that. We're still keeping the requirements at the federal level. We you know, we're still keeping pre existing conditions, we're still keeping the essential health benefits until s- any state says that they don't want right. to. And then they automatically don't have to do yeah. it anymore. And
2: the only people on federal health insurance are going to see like an $80 billion cut to their coverage. So yeah, exactly. it, it actually works out for everyone. It's like writing a, like the opposite of a grant, right? When you're <laughs> when you're writing a federal grant um, to do like a stream restoration project or a research project into uh, kids with special educational needs or something like that, you have to justify all of your costs. You have to... Um, make sure that it's it's actually based in some information that like i you know this would probably be good somewhere down the line you make this economic argument and basically what they're talking about now is the opposite of that where you say we actually don't know how much it's going to cost and we don't give a fuck if it has anything to do with better health outcomes uh, but we want to be waived out of the system and they're just going to let you go at that point
1: Right. And they've essentially created a system where there's zero accountability because at the federal level, you know, McConnell and the Republicans can say, like, well, hey, we didn't make the states, you know, do that. Right. And then at the same time, the people in the states have to just say, like, well, by cutting all the money, you made it all the federal subsidies. We couldn't, it we we couldn't afford it <laughs> right. anymore, so then we had to start finding ways to, to cut costs by eliminating you know all these coverages. So no one's at fault. <laughs> well,
3: poor people. Poor people are at fault. That's the other thing, because they did uh, they kept a lot of the language that was cut by the AHCA and regarding the tax subsidies, but then they cut all of the taxes that funded those subsidies out of it. So like like you said, it's 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 they come up with these ways that they can keep what sounds like a requirement or what sounds like something that will help in the bill. Mm -hmm. But then somewhere else in the bill, they figure out how to defund it. Yeah, well, I mean, my favorite clause
2: in the 14th Amendment of the Constitution about enforcing civil rights is the one where it's basically just like unless the states don't want to. Yeah, right. (laughs) I like that part, too. We'll
0: leave it up to them. Right. Mm.
1: Because you want a federal system that basically just says, hey, if you live in a poor state, maybe a red state, you know, maybe you're Nebraska or Mississippi or something like that. South
2: Dakota, Idaho.
1: You've got all these people on this expensive Medicare. You just got to cut somewhere. You know, you just got to cut to make it financially solvent. And that's apparently the only thing that matters is the bottom line, if, yeah. if they can say it's going to save money, <laughs> kicking a lot of people off of having coverage sure saves money on paper. Yeah. Right. But in reality, it is expensive because yeah. every time you go to a sick person and you say like, hey, you have high blood pressure and you should probably go to the doctor and get some pills to treat your high blood pressure. But, yeah, you know, it's too expensive to pay for you to have insurance. So just wait till you have a heart attack and go to the emergency room. (laughs) That's not saving anyone any money. That's driving up costs for everybody because it's cheaper to get you some cheap blood pressure medication (laughs) rather than waiting until you have a massive stroke and have to have emergency (laughs) surgery. Right. It's so nonsensical. It's just like the only silver lining is – if they pass this, at least they'll just be shooting themselves in the foot because literally everyone hates this. And if you think they hate it now when it's not actually happening, right, yeah. wait till <laughs> it's actually happening, then they're really going to hate it. Uh, yeah, we'll have a Democratic
2: uh, president by that point and uh, Sean Hannity will just on Then it'll be it his fault. Him. Right. Yeah.
1: I-, I think one of the f- most ridiculous things that was said was that Mitch McConnell reportedly said, when trying to convince people to vote for this bill in the Senate that, look, our choice is to either vote for this bill to replace Obamacare, or if we don't do anything, Obamacare is going to magically turn into single payer, which is the (laughs) most backwards nonsense. He, He must realize that if he wants a single payer system, this is a great way at yeah. getting it implemented by r- repealing Obamacare and making a much worse system. Because if he just let Obamacare stand, maybe people would be mad that Republicans promised that they were going to get rid of it and didn't. But Democrats wouldn't be powered up to say, like, we need to fight on this as a number one issue to relitigate healthcare mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. But if he passes this, that is 100 percent assured to happen.
3: For a while this year, I was doing a radio show on a local talk radio network. One of the days of the week, there was a show after my show that was hosted by an insurance guy. He, he talked about the ins and outs of insurance. He talked about the things that people uh, needed to do, or he would also advocate for that uh, religious... Uh, I don't really know what it was. Some kind of weird pool that's kind of like insurance, but not quite. Hmm. But his thing... Is he believes that all the Republicans also want single payer, and that this is all some sort of big ruse? (laughs) And I think that that's the funniest thing I've ever heard in
4: my life.
2: (laughs) Oh man, that's that is drinking the neoliberal milkshake right there. I know
3: that is just like
2: that's incredible.
3: But man, yeah, I didn't stay for his show, so uh, it was at one point where he came in. And he was talking to me in between some breaks and he said that. And that was just I, I entirely wrote off everything that this man said from that point forward because I thought that was the, <laughs> just the best thing I've ever heard.
1: Right. I mean, I'm I'm fully waiting for the day when all of the Trump fans just totally flip on Trump because he becomes so unpopular that they just start saying like, well, you know, Trump was really like a Hillary supporting Democrat the entire time. Right.
2: Yeah. That's the only way it's going to happen, too, because they're certainly not going to go against him on, like, issues or values.
3: No, they don't have those.
1: (laughs) Right. I can't wait for, like, the Mike Pence uh, attack ads against Trump or whatever. (laughs) He's trying to get him to resign. It's going to be it's going to be beautiful. If you were an opera singer who bore a noticeable resemblance
2: to First Lady Hillary Rodham Clinton, what would you do? Well, you could do what this woman does travel around the country singing about healthcare reform.
1: Healthcare, you will find it. Don't be blind. It's all around you, everywhere.
2: All right, so, uh, yeah, before we take a break from our, our healthcare discussion, maybe come back for a high note, uh, I just want to say, Peter, you expressed that you wanted to make money from your work, which I believe makes you a bad leftist.
3: Yeah, it does.
2: Okay. <laughs> uh, what <laughs> It right. makes me
3: into a hypocrite. I'm actually uh-huh. working on a documentary on that subject. Like, uh, they like to say things about how if you have critical thoughts about capitalism, you shouldn't have an iPhone and stuff like that. Like, you right. shouldn't make any yeah. money off of Patreon if you think that uh, socialism or social programs are a good idea. It's like, wow. Just because
2: Chapo Trap House promotes leftist ideas, it's not okay that they make, like, Two hundred thousand dollars per year off of their show when there are like a million other reasons to criticize them.
3: Yeah, I mean that makes more sense to criticize them for just trying to exist in a system that demands you make money in order to survive. <laughs> You're survivalist. Don't worry about it, dude. Right, it's all good.
1: What shows that that position is completely hypocritical is that when people actually did that and they went and lived in like hippie communes and stuff and actually did just say like I don't want any part of the system. I'm going to go leave they were still mocked ruthlessly for it by (laughs) right-leaning people anyway. So, I mean, it's not like they're going to respect you if you're like, well, at least they have the courage to you know, live their convictions fully or whatever.
3: Right. They just try to paint them all as nudists. Yeah. (laughs) They have a commune, so they're all nudists. An even easier criticism than nobody seems to want
2: to make it is all of these lanyard fucks from these think tanks, like, they're all super white, like, privileged people who went to exclusive schools. You know, these are easy arguments to make.
3: Yeah, I I actually, I make internet content, and I don't have an education. So (laughs) Uh, there's no falling back on, like, uh, some sort of intellectual thing for me. Well, you know, when
0: Trump came and visited Iowa, one of the Republicans there opened up for him, and started talking all kinds of shit about Ben Sass and mm-hmm. saying, you know, because mm. Ben Sass was going to come over there and do a thing, and was like, you know, he comes across this uh, Missouri River with a sanctimonious attitude, <laughs> and you know, started, you know, ripping on him for being intellectual. Yeah. And again, it's like if you don't love everything about Trump, you can stay on your side of the Mi- Missouri River. Right and it's just like what right which Man.
1: ben sasse's example of intellectualism is that he literally wrote a book that was like My millennials are bad <laughs> like that's his level of intellectual discourse to be fair that's pretty
0: smart <laughs> but he did study at like oxford and then also went to harvard and has right. a phd he so. wrote
1: a dissertation which i read when he cuz when he declared his candidacy i was like i should figure out what this guy's about and mm-hmm. his like phd dissertation was like Madeline Murray O'Hare is evil and Reagan's gonna take over the world yay really? that's his PhD paper is really? basically entitled that yeah man I didn't
3: realize it's that easy to get a PhD yeah, yeah. I mean that's a pretty <laughs> clickbaity title yeah
0: <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> he's been on this millennial trade since the beginning he's <laughs> way ahead of his time <laughs>
2: So did we want to go around the table and I mean, it seems like there was so much else to discuss this week.
1: Well, I think we we need to hit this Obama-Russia article because I actually, it's funny because this article came out several days ago, a a pretty explosive article detailing how (laughs) the Obama administration botched the response to Russia election meddling and hacking. Right. And I kind of had forgotten about it. Until Trump has started tweeting about it nonstop. Oh, yeah. And continues to this very day. Yeah. <laughs> he's obsessed with it. I think he he's just a couple days behind on the news, which is is actually a positive yeah, sign. Yeah, he's finally I, overwhelmed. Well, right. but
0: he's been tweeting about this for several days.
2: But isn't that the most amazing thing though? Because I mean, the story coming out of the administration for the past six months has been there was no Russian meddling, and now it seems like right. the president right. himself is saying there was Russian meddling. Why didn't Obama do anything about it? Uh, and he knew about literally it. anything else I've ever said on this topic. <laughs> oh, it's yeah.
1: outrageous that he was so brazenly meddling and Obama just dropped the ball.
0: Right. And the thing was, is that Obama did drop the ball in a couple aspects, but in a couple other aspects, blame can be shared by, you know, a whole bunch of different people. And I think Trump himself, because, yeah... Obama was hesitant on doing things because he did not want to appear political. But the whole reason that he had that in his head is because of eight years of people like Trump making every single thing he does political, even if it's freaking Dijon mustard.
3: I know. I absolutely love the Dijon mustard thing. It's like that was an actual controversial thing. I, I and or the like, arugula. They like, tried to bring know, it up a like, few weeks ago, and it kind of it didn't really stick. Because I think we've seen such absurd things happen over the last while that that seemed like nothing. But, like, if you think about how absurd it is that the president of the United States was using a condiment and the Republicans were like, oh, that un-American bastard. Dijon, that's not an American word.
2: Whereas Donald Trump literally eats his steaks well done with ketchup. But that was no more of a, like, look at what a, like, a low rent. Do this it, like It wasn't a scandal, right. it was just like, this is exactly what I would expect.
3: From they tried this, to 4D like, chest the, the ketchup on the steak, did you see that? They were like, well, to be fair, he runs a lot of these restaurants, and what's the hardest thing to do? Make a well-done steak that tastes good with ketchup on it. Making a well-done <laughs> steak is literally the easiest thing to do. I know, you just char a steak! <laughs> every,
2: un- every person has an uncle who always makes well-done steak. Uh, like, accidentally, because he did not know what the fuck he's Look, doing. I want a medium. <laughs>
1: yeah, all right. Sure. I'll eat a well-done steak, but I'm not, not going to go out there and say, like, it's <laughs> it's the height of, like, challenging... Like, it's the blowfish with the poison in it or whatever. <laughs> right, it's like, yeah. can <laughs> <The> you <laughs> burn yeah. Can yeah. you burn a steak? But to the point where it's still technically edible, like, you nailed it. Like, it's really hard to just get it in that sweet zone. But, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Obama didn't just make up that Republicans were going to... Attack him if he started talking about this because they had a meeting with the Senate Republicans where Mitch McConnell literally said in the meeting, if you start talking about this, we will declare that you're meddling in the rigged election. Yes. I mean, they're literally right. on record stating that that's their strategy. <clears throat> Clearly Obama said like, "Well, you know what? Taylor's going to win anyway, so like it doesn't matter." Right. Which was a mistake in hindsight, yeah. but I don't think anybody can blame him for for thinking that months before the election where it it looked pretty likely that that was what was going to happen.
0: Right. So what he tried to do, what his instructions to staff members were, you know, to pursue ways to deter Moscow in three main avenues. One, get high confidence assessments from the U.S. intelligence agencies on Russia's role and intent, shore up any vulnerabilities in state run election systems and seek bipartisan support from congressional leaders for a statement condemning Moscow urging states to accept federal help
1: can you believe this
0: and, and he received you know obstacles at every turn on all three of those things okay
2: peter you want to you want to tag team this i'll take the first one chuck what was number one
0: so number one was get a high confidence assessment from u.s intelligence agencies
2: on russia's role and intent this is the democratic approach I would rather make sure that I'm 100% right in case I get criticized for anything that I've said than just do a thing. Okay, what was number two? Peter, I think you should take number two.
0: Uh, shore up any vulnerabilities in state-run election
3: systems. Well, obviously the Democrats are amazing at network security. They were the <laughs> ones who didn't get hacked, right? Right, the right. The Democrats? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't get absolutely. hacked. They're hacking also like... Since it didn't happen, it didn't have any bearing over the election whatsoever. I thought they just got hacked on the basketball
0: court, you know. Just say so.
2: nothing of this fact that, I mean, the electoral apparatus really is, you know, something that's that's important to our, our national integrity and our national security. And maybe just focusing on whether the Decatur IT guy, like, knows
3: about two two-part
1: authentication verification right. for email yeah. well
3: he's got well for one he can't be making all of the uh illustrations for his novel while he's doing his job on ms paint <laughs> right
1: it's the most secure paint program <laughs> out there i mean that's well, right. that's just a fact they
3: will not hack the ms paint all right and then number three well
0: number three was to uh seek bipartisan support from congressional leaders for a statement condemning moscow and urging states to accept federal help right
1: so bipartisan support <laughs> See, that's, that's just inherently hilarious <laughs> so this must have been like a month after he first got elected when he still thought bipartisan support for anything was possible right
0: it must have been the <laughs> right no way it was literally
1: eight years after facing unprecedented obstruction for 8 years in a row. After a literal
2: statement from the speaker yeah, of the exactly. house. exactly. That's saying, what I was going to Heard the leader of the Senate saying, "We will not work with him on literally yeah, anything." if you do
3: this? Right. We're going to use it against you.
1: <laughs> well, clearly, mm-hmm. I mean, but this one, I mean, we got to get bipartisan support on this one, you guys. I mean, right. it's we a matter can't of the country. Country over party. Well, That's how
3: the Republican Party works, right? That's how every party right. works. <laughs> That's how the Democrats work. Everybody thinks about the the good of everybody above their own personal and group goals and aspirations. That's that's how we do things in this country. It's all about the common. The only good. thing I the only thing I know about the government is
2: what I've learned from watching The West Wing, where everybody actually has the interests of the country at yes, heart, that and is it's a, just a matter of
3: it's an accurate show. They do. Uh, right. They did a lot of research <laughs> for it. They talked to a lot of politicians who they spoke the truth clearly and it was reflected in all of those scripts i'm going to take it down to you know to
0: the common man that's like myself and equate it more to sports because <laughs> it's sports which are you know like in in the sport of basketball you've got teams and you've got roles on the team and not everyone is going to be that number one glory score guy right. sometimes you have to be the guy that's putting up the assist and you know classic example john stockton obama's trying to be like john stockton and throw up the assist he goes even further you know like the agencies the fbi cia nsa they all finally gained consensus in september (laughs) and obama had them put together a statement seriously had him put together a statement and he left his name off of it in a further attempt to avoid appearance of politics This dude's literally throwing up assists to people that aren't even there and stuff. You know, I mean, but and and it's not a bad. I mean, I don't fault him for trying to put up the assist or trying to do something in in an apolitical way. But honestly, I mean, you know that this is the resistance you're going to get. And you know that Obama
2: knows the situation. He's not a stupid man. No. Right. You know,
0: and everything was so deliberate, even the statement that they came out with, you know, it didn't even have Putin's name in it. They said, you know, the U.S. intelligence community is confident that the Russian government directed recent compromises of emails from U.S. persons and institutions, including U.S. political organizations. We believe, based on the scope and sensitivity of these efforts, that only Russia's senior-most officials
1: could have authorized these activities so let's let's contrast that with trump's statement which was dear russia please hack hillary's emails. right right right
0: so that was on october 7th and they issued that statement at three thirty p.m to try to get maximum exposure does anyone here remember no. that statement okay you know what happened 30 minutes after that the Washington Post published a story about crude comments Trump had made about women that were captured on Access Hollywood tape. Yeah, that was, that a was big literally day. the day of the pussy-grabbing right. saga.
1: So you're telling me that the Washington Post released the tape in coordination with the Trump campaign? It it is nine-dimensional chess. Well, it's all making sense. Hold on Everybody, now. Uh, it just says uh,
2: Brendan, The Post. It says I'm going to ask Post. you to now peel off your mask and reveal that you right. are, in fact... <laughs> Louise Mensch. (laughs) Oh, jeez. It's (laughs) all,
1: you guys, just look at the timelines. It all matches up. Bernie and the Democrats were in league with Trump to get Trump elected by the Russians so that Donald Trump could just destroy the government Mm -hmm. and the glorious socialist Russia would rise again in comrade Sanders yeah, it makes, it makes and,
2: perfect sense actually because Russia as we all know is a perfect socialist utopia and <laughs> yeah there's right. clear evidence that basically anybody who hasn't yelled at louis mensch on twitter for some reason um is a russian agent so yeah well obviously
0: and then a half hour after the access hollywood tape drops WikiLeaks published its first batch of emails stolen from Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta. So it's like – it was literally it like was really shooting a complete – And you know what else
3: so. happened? They, they made some pretty stupid mistakes in doing it so tepidly in that way. I think that mm. undermines uh, your actual confidence in, in people who are listening to you. Like let's say that was the only thing that happened in the news that day. That was it. There was no pussy grabbing. There was no WikiLeaks. Mm, right. um, it was just that. I still think that it would have had like a. I don't know. That doesn't really seem like something that's real. They're not because they're not saying anything concrete. Right. They're yeah. not. It's <laughs> it's stuff that they could walk back on if it turned out to go a different right. way. And I think that that ultimately undermines the whole thing. Right. Sure.
1: And the way that it would play on the TV news is that they would read this Obama statement. They would have some newsreader read it in a monotone voice, Mm -hmm. and then they would say, like, Let's see what President Trump says, you know. And then they would play a 15 minute Trump rant, you know, where he's just saying, Obama's interfering in the election. This is rigged, you know, this should be illegal. He should be in jail, you know, all this stuff. And so, who would even remember what Obama said, you know, after that happened? I mean, I do kind of feel for Obama in this situation because he really was in a no win situation that, I mean, what's he supposed to do? Just say like, Oh, we're at war with Russia now. Or like how far is he really going to take it? um, When it's not going to have any effect anyway. I mean, is there anything that Obama could have done that would have been strong enough not to actually like aggravate global tensions, but to cause Russia to say like, Oh, you know what? Never mind. Sorry. Like, that's just there's there's not a thing that exists that could be done. Well, the
3: other thing is, like, do you flat out just undermine people's confidence in the electoral system as well? Like, that's like the other big thing. If they did say, just go on (laughs) record. Hey, so the Russians are really messing with this election. People would be like, well, what's the point? (laughs) Like Mm. it it, it, like you're really damned if you do damned if you don't in any direction there. there's No way you
1: get out of that. Right, he could have just come out and said, "Like you know what? Like just don't vote. Like yeah. never mind. Like <laughs> that, like that's literally that what what right. his statement would have been interpreted. Yeah, that would have
3: well, I, well, maybe I think that would have been pretty bad on account <laughs> that would have given Trump the mandate he he was claiming to already have. Anyhow, yeah. Well,
0: what they decided to do was give them a series of warnings. I mean, not quite like the Hillary Clinton cut it out warning to Wall Street or anything, but... You know, (laughs) strong, (laughs) really tough
3: warnings that people heed. You know, they
0: gave one on October 4th from um, John Brennan, the head of the CIA, to uh, the director of Russia's powerful security service. Then Obama gave one directly to Putin with just interpreters at some, like, gathering in China. But the craziest one was on october 31st the administration delivered a final pre-election message <laughs> via a secure channel to moscow originally created to avert nuclear exchange like oh my god yeah you know the message So you're telling no- me
1: obama set up a secret back channel dude (laughs)
0: Dude, he didn't set that shit up he was like five when that was set up playing around in the canyon
3: uh countryside (laughs) on the (laughs) basketball court
0: right seriously you know praising allah for the beautiful weather uh you know the message basically noted that the u.s detected malicious activity originating from servers in russia targeting u.s election systems and warned that meddling would be regarded as unacceptable interference. <laughs> Russia...
3: <laughs> that's unacceptable. You guys. Ru- so basically, just, uh, he's, he's lemon grab from Adventure this Time. Is, this is a. This is a right. little.
2: Uh, this is a little beyond the pale. Okay. Uh, that that's <laughs> well, actually a, a term in international law, that basically means. Um, I don't greenlight this. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. He, well, and Russia confirmed the next day that it had received the message. <laughs> but replied only after the election through the same channel denying the accusation. <laughs> so you know Said, what you talking about did give the game away or anything like that. So well, that's so you know. shit posting. <laughs> <laughs> like Yeah, they seem very trollish yeah, or whatever. Like that's know. what Russia uh, is.
3: Like and here's here's the problem. Like shit posting is hilarious. Like, if it's not horrible, if it's literally just, like, nonsense, it's hilarious. And it seems like, other than the fact it ruined the election, that's basically what Russia was doing. Mm-hmm. Just we have Look, a bunch Peter, of that Look, Peter, I know that you don't that like my Twitter it. account,
2: but I don't think that I right. ruined
3: the election. I did. <laughs> right. Okay. I obvi- I, like, I, you know, earlier in the year supported Bernie Sanders, so I obviously ruined the election. <laughs> right. I didn't. It's well, not like and... I, I changed my support during the general to the electable candidate that was against the horrific nuclear apocalypse about to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, you're, a, you're a regular man I'm bun, right. Ken. Over there, yeah, that's me <laughs> with my long man bun hair.
1: Well, I, get, I think we can all take solace in the fact that now that Trump recognizes that the this Russian, you know, uh, attempt at hacking and intrusion and meddling with the election took place he's going to be taking, you know, very serious concrete steps to resolve the situation and make sure that it never happens again. Yeah, serious well, concrete right. steps are totally <laughs> his hallmark.
2: And I hope that uh Literal the ones. completely effectual and not at all overloaded uh Jared Kushner actually heads this one up. Well, you know,
0: the steps have already been taken to make sure that there's a response if this thing ever happens again, regardless of whether Trump wants it or doesn't want Mm -hmm. it. You know, I mean, the punitive measures were pretty weak on this. I mean, they seized those Russian compounds in New York and Maryland, and they expelled 35 suspected spies. But they also had deployed a bunch of, like, cyber implants in Russian infrastructure, like, cyber infrastructure... That could be detonated at any time.
1: I think you might be getting this confused with like the plot of one of the Transformers movies. <laughs> at this point. Absolutely.
0: So the implants were developed by the NSA and designed. So that they could be triggered remotely as a part a of, a... of retaliatory cyber
2: strikes. Is
1: this this is the thing on movies where they're like, "He's hacking us," and then their computer catches on fire, <laughs> or whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah, my keyboard isn't lines. connected anymore. You get all the
3: glitching <laughs> on the computer screen, and it's like, right. "What's yeah. happening?" There's yeah, literally uh, like uh, like laughing Jolly Roger like skull yeah, exactly columns, pops up, <laughs> <laughs> bop, 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 bop,
2: bop, and bop, then the aliens bop. are like, "What's about
3: to yeah. happen to us?" And then they get
2: blown up. Angelina Jolie takes her off her shirt. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Well,
0: intelligence agencies don't even need further approval for Trump on this. And actually, Trump would have to issue a countermanding order to stop it at this point. But... But the other thing is, at this point, why Russia wouldn't need to meddle any further because they've already won. Well, they got what they wanted. I think
1: they might still have the PP tape in their back pockets. <laughs> you never know.
0: Right, right. <laughs> yes,
3: yeah,
2: the yeah. most important so, thing out of all. Well, of guys, and I mean, I I think uh, I think a good analogy here uh, between the different the different teams on this is the uh, perspective of one Ms. Joy Ann Reed. Um, oh, who yeah, I, that, I think yeah, she actually like really broke this down for us. Well, um, so I, I'm just gonna read from her article. Hold on, Matt. Uh, this it,
1: sounds yep like it might be a, a a high note. Is that what you're trying to say, right? Yeah, now? this
2: this might be our high <laughs> note actually, because wow. I I do want to read from this article. It was it was uh it was insightful actually. As somebody who was not at all popular ever, um, and so to this day. All of my yeah. all of my judgments here? about how <laughs> society works from John Hughes movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, Joy writes, If politics were a high school movie, Republicans would be the jocks and mean girls locking hapless freshmen inside their lockers and threatening to call in their rich parents if the teachers complain, plus the broke kids who are always willing to strong-arm homework from them for the nerds. Uh... I'd...
1: Republicans the broke kids.
2: Yes. Yeah, I'd...
1: absolutely. I That's I'd... what I've envisioned them. As. I don't yeah.
2: I don't think that the like the poor kids who are the lackeys of the rich kids are That's never been a trope. Has it? Yeah. Does that ever oh, happen? No. no. Okay. All right. Well, she goes on. Uh Democrats would be the student council geeks vainly pleading with the jacks to be fair and join student government yeah. and the new crop of purist progressives would be the emo girl who invariably throws her best friend under the bus for a chance at getting the evil cheerleaders to like her and the smarmiest guy on the football team to take her to prom. To fill out the analogy, she goes on, the independents would be the upperclassmen who smoke a lot of cigarettes and only occasionally go to class, and non-voters are the kids inside the lockers. I, I think that this is a pretty cogent um, description of what's been going on these days, uh, especially the part where the Bernie bros are the ones who are the emo girl who want the Republicans to like them. See, that's uh, that's counter to everything that the MTV hit show
0: Daria taught me, you right. know, because, I mean, Daria, <laughs> Daria would have never thrown Jane Morgendorfer or Jane under the bus for... Uh, for hanging out with the popular kids that right. would have just never happened no way well, and i think
2: daria daria was a complete ideological purist i think i'm what's daria more... 2020 at this point chuck thank you yeah what's that <laughs> i said i'm daria right. i'm I'm daria
3: 2020 at this point
0: okay okay i think <laughs> i'm uh what was I... like?
3: <laughs> sorry <all> right. <laughs> i think what's more important <laughs> to think about is uh which political parties are harry potter houses <laughs> Uh, from Hogwarts, Seriously. I think. I think that really. I think that would be a more, uh, or maybe, venture. I say it less productive discussion.
0: <laughs> I will find a way to equate the political climate to soccer. Oh, by twenty by the World Cup in twenty eighteen, in will Russia, come up, I will come up with teams and players that best represent the global political scene. all right hold on. maybe I not i want to take a whack at how this, about though. north america
2: uh, i'm gonna yeah. say that the american working class including the economically anxious white working class are dobby and no. <laughs> yes, yeah, dobby City. is a house in in the hogwarts school <laughs> you know what one of the weirdest things about one of the harry potter books is that it literally makes fun of hermione for the entire book for fighting against literal slavery
3: yeah, I know. That's a, a really good um, message for children. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and it also says a lot fighting against slavery is a is lot silly. J.K. Rowling, who literally
2: lived on public assistance right. until she became a billionaire, it's um, like
3: this keeps happening. It's it's almost so like weird. That they live yeah. on public assistance. Dude. They get some sort of help from a nonprofit or from uh, public funding, and right. then they grow up. And their dads end up on the V.A. bill. Sure. Yeah, they're successful. And then they're like the emo girl who throws their best friend under the bus in order to be popular (laughs) with the Republicans. Oh, shit. Joanne Reed was right, except she wasn't talking about the progressives. She was talking about like white feminists. Yeah, I guess something. Joanne was right about something.
0: So J.K. Rowling's not so progressive then, or what? I don't know. I didn't she really hates that. Jeremy
3: Corbin, so no. Oh, she does. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, enough said right there. So, yeah. or she hated him, I guess. I don't know if she hates him still now that he's won, because that's not the meritocracy at play. But she went from always hated him to always rated. Well, him. he
1: was like the he was like the Bernie or whatever of the thing. So you know he inspired his own backlash about like he's oh. division. It's he's dividing us instead of yeah, uniting right. us and all that stuff.
3: And then they and then that didn't actually come true at all.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, and it just young took a while. People
2: in the UK actually show up for a vote, so that's kind of nice.
1: Yeah. Right. Actually, for for this high note, I want to sneak in that uh, clip of Jeremy Corbyn speaking at the uh, Gloucesterbury Music Festival. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, roll that clip. Um, Oh, absolutely. Here we go.
4: And if I may, I'd like to quote one of my favorite poets, Percy Bysshe Shelley, who wrote in the early 19th century many, many poems and traveled extensively around Europe. But the line I like the best is this one. Rise like lions after slumber in unvanquishable number. Shake your chains to earth like dew, which in sleep had fallen on you. Ye are many, they are few. I quote Shelley because he inspired like so many others do. I'm proud to be at Glastonbury because it inspires so many to music festivals all over the country. Let us be together and recognise another world is possible if we come together to understand that, understand the power we've got and achieve that decent, better society where everyone matters and those... Poverty-stricken people are enriched in their lives, and the rest of us are made secure by their enrichment. Thank you very much, Glastonbury. Thank you for inviting me here today. I'm proud to be here. Thank you very much, Glastonbury.
3: Seven Nation Army, man awesome (laughs) inspiring yeah i'm telling you 2020 we need to get that going for whoever isn't the rock or mark zuckerberg (laughs) right right
1: and you know if you are looking for a a political high school drama that isn't uh some sort of uh nonsense check out election from uh Nebraska director Alexander Payne. Oh God! That was filmed in our high school, yep. including many of the the people from the drama department that we, we I know. I went to
0: high school when that movie was filmed. You yeah. did you
1: make the cut? Didn't make the extra cut in there?
0: I actually used those days as a good opportunity to skip. So.
1: <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. This is. This I think is that the movie predicted the election of, better than anything. Story.
2: So a gal that we were in theater with. Um, ran into this, like, little blonde waif in the middle of one of the gyms, and she was walking around and said, hey, where's the cafeteria? And our friend, who was a a really cool gal, a stage manager on a lot of the shows that we did, and just, you know, just an all-around cool person said, oh, are you new here? And this girl looked at her and sneered, I'm Reese Witherspoon, and... (laughs) This guy was like, oh, okay. And just turned around and (laughs) walked
3: away from me.
1: Okay. Have fun, Reese. Yep. (laughs) Get a
2: real number. And a map of the school. By the way, Reese,
3: like your peanut butter cups.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) But yeah, I think that movie did the best job at predicting our current political climate oh, uh, wow. versus any other any other film make. If you, if you haven't watched it recently or ever, definitely track it down. It used to be on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's still there, but Election by uh, Alexander Payne, starring Reese Witherspoon and Matthew Broderick. Yeah,
2: Matthew Broderick. Yeah, Jared, Jared Kushner is the Matthew Broderick who gets stung on the eye by a bee, and then his <laughs> wife leaves him because he tried to sleep with her best friend. That
3: <laughs> sounds like the election, actually.
1: <laughs> no it's good uh chris chris klein plays the uh donald trump figure i, I think oh yeah so equally uh intelligent people right?
3: <laughs> absolutely <laughs> all
2: right well we just we just threw shade at the entire election cast that was fun yeah <laughs> for sure those for jerks sure. <laughs> right <laughs> I,
3: I guess that means we should quit while we're ahead or something <laughs> <You> No. <know? laughs> that's basically what the democrats did but then it ended up making them lose (laughs) oh man well
0: it's not a campaign strategy (laughs) it's just a way to exit the show (laughs) but uh but but before we do we just wanted to uh thank you for joining us again peter You'll be uh, on track for a hat trick, a flannel hat trick here pretty
1: soon. Yeah, I didn't offend
3: anybody too badly today, I see. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We'll wait
1: till we selectively edit you. Yeah, yeah. I hate
3: (laughs) all of you.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, do you got anything to shout out or uh, any plugs for where the audience can find you? Uh, Just
3: follow me on Twitter at uh, Peter Coffin. And also, I got a new documentary that I actually talked about a little bit earlier in a natural way. Which probably will serve mm-hmm. as a better promotion for. <laughs> that's coming out <laughs> in the next week
0: or so. <laughs> right. Well, remind them the name of that, that mm-hmm. where they can look for it. So, uh, Well,
3: it can be found at YouTube.com slash Peter Coffin. And I have not named mm-hmm. it yet, actually. So, ah. Oh, perfect. So just subscribe to, uh,
0: to the account. Yeah, just show <laughs> up every day. Excellent. <laughs> that's right with bated uh, breath like Click charlie on. brown looking for a valentine yeah exactly. on how's all that the working for you peter um, what
2: just just telling your twitter followers like i don't i don't even know what it's called but just yeah I don't, I don't i'm, I'm a day.
3: terrible promoter i'll say that <laughs> like there's no purpose in even ever trying right. to promote anything because <laughs> it's just like right yeah i don't know the name <laughs> of it and most of it i haven't done <laughs> right. <laughs> also, I'm not really Extra. sure what it's about yet or anything, <laughs> <laughs> Right. but
0: it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it'll man. be great. Show be up every
3: day and, 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 you know, it'll be there eventually. I guess. It, and it, right.
0: you will recognize it as a tour de force when it's there.
3: So, <laughs> and that's how I became president of the United States. Right. See?
0: It's a formula that even you can follow, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> so, And while you're following that, you should follow us on Twitter at liquid underscore flannel. And you can follow us individually. You can find me at Shaggy2Trope. Brendan, where can they find you?
1: They can find me at Brenda Williams with one L.
0: And Matt, where are you at? I'm at Matt the Great with a W you. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.
1: No Twitters for Peter. No Twitters <laughs> for Peter. I, I already said mine. He said his. Oh. We got it.
3: Yeah, I would be a so jerk good. if I said it again. <laughs> no way repetition is always okay guys. yeah that's like i said i'm a bad promoter i'm not good at it
1: <laughs> right. we're losing all as we say audio, you guys right. That, right everyone right. has to say their name everybody it's say okay. their own name as many times as possible Matt, Matt Gwayne, during the during Gwayne. the
3: show <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember my name dude actually uh, <laughs> what's my name again <laughs> the show is
1: over but uh i have to share this so the uh are you guys still uh, recording
0: Uh, we are uh, have you there's a local it doesn't matter there's a
1: local (laughs) uh, politician who's running uh, named Megan Hunt who uh, was someone that Gallo knew and told me about Uh, and she does like a local radio show sometimes on one of the talk radios here but she just announced that she's running for state senate uh, for like the Benson neighborhood in Omaha but uh, oh Her Twitter handle is at Lasertron, um, which is fucking awesome. And I really hope that she continues to be in politics with the the Twitter handle at Lasertron. If I
0: ever get into politics, I will keep Shaggy too true (laughs)